So, you know, I lived by myself for almost a decade. And then all of a sudden I'm in a house with, with five other people and two dogs and a cat. <laughs> so, you know, when we're pushing the, the cart around at, at Costco, sometimes my eyes bulge out of their sockets. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 143. We're Finn and Emma, and today we get to talk to our second ever Polly Quad on the show. Yeah, this one, uh, again, is bringing in some former faces of the show, so uh, Jason, David, Christy and Rebecca from Monday. Yes. So if this is your first ever episode or if you just haven't missed the previous guests, I guess, you can go back and listen to Jason in episode one, episode 46, Christy and David in episode 72, and Rebecca from Monday, episode 142. However, not necessarily required reading uh, to follow along here. Listening, you mean? Yeah, that's, you know. (laughs) So it's still a great conversation, even if you're coming in blind, but it, it would you would get some more backstory. So uh, quick foreshadowing, they're all living together. They have been since the beginning of COVID. And it's a super fun, I don't know, just discussion about how four adults actually turned into six adults all living together and how they make it work. They play, you know, how they've gamified it. Turned one of them into a furry. (laughs) All sorts of It's a super positive experience and you're going to love this story. Yeah. Before we jump into it, we just wanted to take a few quick minutes to talk about a couple of community things. For us, we know that right now community is hard to come by, that we can't meet people in person. And we've been doing our damnedest to try to bring people together virtually and any number of different ways. But one of them that we've really been enjoying is the last few months We've been doing virtual speed meet and greets. And the next one is September 19th. And you can find out all the information on how to join over at normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the meet and greet tab. And just to be clear, these are open to everyone, not just our Patreon group. So if you want to join, please, it's $10. Come join. We'd love to have all of you there. And they're growing each month. Yeah, last month we had over 30 people and they've been growing pretty uh, pretty steadily. So yeah. we're, we're super excited to see who all joins. And there's some more information on what exactly these are. If you go back and listen to basically every previous episode <laughs> or go the read about it months. on our website. Yeah. So. Uh, next up is our Patreon. So we have a MeWe chat with our Patreon. So if you want to look for a community and just in chat, it's a super supportive group. We also have a monthly Q&A that we do with our patrons. And the next one's going to be on September 30th at 9 p.m. Pacific. And again, it or 9 p.m. Eastern and again at 9 p.m. Pacific. Double time. You can come to both. Yeah, get you can. twice, get two two parks for the price of one. And then we also have a women's group. The next call will be on September 16th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. All of that information is on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the Patreon button. Yes. And thank you to all of our existing patrons. We absolutely love the community that you've helped us build. And we're over 100. Woohoo! Over 100. So thank you seriously to everybody for making it a place that we enjoy being and something we look forward to every month. Yeah. And before we get into the interview, we just want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor, Alt Playground. They are an amazing open 
minded and great place to meet other people. Yeah, it's an online dating site, which is what Emma was dancing around there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to tell you it was foreshadowing. <laughs> right. Build the suspense. But we're excited to be a part of what they're building. One of the things that we love about them is they are super inclusive and diverse. They've got nine different gender identities you can choose from when you set up your profile, nine different relationship statuses, eight relationship types, and 13 sexual orientations. And so as far as we know, that is the most diverse and inclusive uh, website on the planet for meeting other open-minded people. And again, we're excited to be on there. We're excited to be helping them build and spread the word. Yes. If you would like to learn more or join, go to their website, altplayground.net, or go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the Alt Playground buttons. And while you're over at our website, you go ahead and click on the Contact Us button. Send us a message. Let us know how you're feeling. Tell us how much you love us. We'll tell you how much we love you. Maybe even come on the show if you want. We'd love to have your story. Uh, to be honest, Jason, David, Christy, Rebecca, they're all just average Joes. I mean, they're a little above average. But, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but they're just they're just people like they're, us. They're normal and people. You, so, you know, you don't have to be some Will Smith and Jada. Although if you're on. listening, yeah. we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> same, same to you, Dan Savage. Yes. <laughs> And so, yeah, with that, we will uh, let you get along with your listening. We'll stop pecking at your ears and enjoy this wild and crazy ride. Let's jump in. Well, welcome, everybody. We've got our second quad interview ever. Yes. So we're super excited to have you all here. We've got Emma live and present here on my end and then I'm nothing special. Yeah, <laughs> arguably Well, that's I mean not I'm true. on I'm on every episode with you. That's what I mean. <laughs> but, but live from Southern Southern California, we got a, a whole quad of people living together. Do you mind all round table introductions? Uh, I'm Rebecca. And I'm from Christy. episode Monday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christy. I am Jason, and I'm David. Awesome. And we've got all previous guests. So like we said, Rebecca was just a couple of days ago. Jason was on episode 46 way back in the day. January 2019. Oh, yep, so with, a, with a former partner, Val. And then we've got Christy and David. They were on episode 72. So we've got a whole bunch of returners, but the but things have changed a little. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all we have time for today. So. End, end of episode. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, maybe take us, maybe what is the dynamic? Yeah, of, let's of, start currently. What What does the dynamic look like? And we'll peel back the layers. So um, we have David and Rebecca and David and Christy and Christy and Jason and Jason and Rebecca kind of mess around. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Jason because we Rebecca can't likes. leave the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not the only thing. It's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accelerator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> something that I think was already this. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, and thank you for that. Uh, and, and, like, thank you for going through and um, explaining the dynamic. I guess. So you alluded to the fact that you all live together right now, yes. but that was not always the case. No. Um, how 
do you mind, I guess, giving a little bit of background of how you ended up in this situation? Um, sure. We... It's a story in four parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, might each, we might each have to take it. Yeah. Turn. <laughs> in the, sure. In the fall, mm-hmm. um, we started talking early fall, like September maybe? Yeah. We started talking about uh, El, Rebecca, David, and I moving in together. He was at her place about half the time, and we all just really... Yeah got on and was like, we should live together. So we did a trial yes. run in yeah. November. It was December. December. Yeah. So we did a trial for about three weeks. Cause I was just feeling really scared that it would work out well. So I ended up kind of partially moving in for three weeks and everything just, we all synced up pretty great. And then I went back to my house and put in my notice and then moved back in January. <laughs> January. Yeah. And so you were, you were added to the Christy David abode yes. in yes. January yes. officially, but trial run December. Yes. And then, yes. and then Jason started hanging around. Right. <laughs> right. Well, he, I, like, we, I hear there's a party here. <laughs> <laughs> we actually moved um, into a house. We were in an apartment um, mm-hmm. in March. The three of us, when she moved in in January, we knew we would be looking for a bigger place in March when our lease was out. Um, and Jason and I, I, I was asked Christy, Christy asked me when they first started looking for a house, Hey, do you want to go in on this? And I was delighted. And I was like, no, <laughs> 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 because I had been living by myself. I think since I separated from my wife and my ex-wife in 2011. Um, and I was just very dedicated to, living by myself. Like I really enjoyed living by myself and it was something that I saw myself continuing to do. I love, I love Christy and you know, I love these guys too, but I just kind of had it all. I had my whole plan of, you know, just being by myself and having, having my separate space, but also, you know, uh, being able to kind of, uh, hang out with these guys as well. Mm-hmm. And I think when you get, you guys were looking for this place in, in January, January, January. Yeah. Um, Luckily we found the place right. in January. So when COVID hit, we had already signed the lease. Right. Everything was just waiting for the move-in date, which was really, really helpful. Yeah. And um, what cha- I mean, how it changed was, I, th- I think part of it was COVID, COVID changed it um, um, in that we had to, we had to split up into two mm-hmm. pairs. I got sick. Yeah. So I got, uh, we're, we're, we are, pretty certain I had COVID. It was in the early days, so there wasn't a test. He's not baller yeah, enough to get a test. I, wa- I wasn't <laughs> sick enough. I wasn't sick enough to go into the hospital. I did the over-the-phone interview uh, with the doctor, and the doctor said, yeah, stay home for two weeks. Don't leave your house. You're going to have your food. You have your groceries and food delivered to your house. Don't even walk around your block, which I had zero desire to move off the couch. It was yeah. so exhausting. <laughs> really knocked you out. But because of that, Christy went and stayed with Jason so she could keep working. And then it was just me and Rebecca in the house. But we were, for 14 days, we were completely separated. Yeah. They stopped by and visited at a distance from the sidewalk while, I, while me and Rebecca stood at the front door to talk just because we couldn't see each other. Um, and that was when it sucked. Um, but yeah, I think getting the chance to, to live with Christy for two weeks and then just kind of seeing 
like I helped these guys move in. I helped them set the place up, yeah. help them build furniture. I was sage the house. Together. Yeah. And I, you know, I'd spent Christmas and holidays with them multiple times, like yeah. multiple days. And I was just like, man, I, I love, I love these guys. I, I want to be with these people. And so it just became, a, it became more of a logistics question of like, okay, well, what's the best way to, to kind of slide into this or, or to kind of on ramp into this. I was, re- I was worried about not having my own like alone time. You know, you can have time to yourself in a room, but you know there's somebody in the other room or in the living room when you're in the bedroom. I was worried about that, but it just didn't seem to be, just never really seemed to be a problem. <laughs> you know, I think we'll, we'll probably get into the details of how we kind of manage day-to-day life around here, but that was really just how it started. And once I once I started dragging stuff from my condo, my condo is like 10 minutes from my house. Um, so once I started dragging stuff out of it to come kind of join me as I stayed here, I became less and less attached to the condo and more and more attached to just living here with these guys. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to quarantine and not be able to see them. So right, that, that right. wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't a viable way of dealing with it for me. So yeah, I took the jump and I've, I've never been happy. And we <laughs> wanted him here too. Yeah. And I yeah. think too, when I moved back in with David and Christy in their condo, we, I mean, we have family dinner a lot and, you know, Jason was always over. I mean, he was probably over for dinner three times a week yeah. before we even moved into the house. So it was kind of like, I feel like that was ramping everything up yeah. because he, we were just all around each other so much. So I think we just, you couldn't, you couldn't leave it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's breaking bread with people, right? Like yeah. you get to know people over a meal so much better than you do from like dating profile or just hanging out at a bar. It's like when you sit down at a dinner table multiple times and you get past the first couple times when you're just doing small talk, you get to really know people over food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think maybe one logistics question would be you, you bowed out. You said, no, no, I don't want to live with you guys. <laughs> so presumably they bought a house, not factoring in the fourth Rented. Or rented a house, You're not yeah, factoring in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not factoring in the fourth human that would be living there. Yeah, uh, yeah, and now yeah. we have six. Yep, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we leveled up a couple times. So we we had bought um or rented. Announcing it, we had rented a three bedroom um that had a kind of a bonus room, the sunroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with each of us having our own room. That was the right. intention that yeah. each adult, me, Rebecca, and Christy would each have our own separate space. Right. For our own dates, for privacy, for just all of the things. And then um, when Jace moved in, now I just float between David and Jason's room. It's um, our room. <laughs> it's our room. I, I, I say that just to separate. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> my most of my room is really mine and Jason's room. Um, it's our room, because that was how it was decorated how it was, and put together before Jason came in, right? Yeah, but we've added okay. yeah, yeah. We've added oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so our room, and then I bounce. Just uh, we do every other night. So every yeah. other night I go to David's room, Rebecca, and when we the place we found was great for the three of us. It's still mm-hmm. great, but uh, her room and bathroom are kind of on the other end of the house. <laughs> so that it's wonderful if that was too quiet. <laughs> yeah. I think it's nice for privacy and just for separation especially with six people it's the house is not huge but it's big enough where we can all kind of be in our own area 
and be uninterrupted by the other people in the house. Like we have the three bedrooms. We have like a little bonus room in the front. We have a lovely patio in the backyard. So like everybody can kind of be somewhere. The the bonus room. um, Yeah. Became the teenager's room in May. We found out <laughs> that uh, David's 14-year-old was coming to live with us, which is wonderful and it's being great. But that, that happened June, toward the yeah. end of June. Yeah. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> the bonus room got converted to her room. And then pre-COVID, my sister was planning to move to California and had already given notice of resignation at her current job and had already given notice at her uh, apartment and then was coming to California. So what was going to be crashing on our couch for a couple months has just extended, but <laughs> we decided, um, she's staying with us. We're, yeah. we're going to move from to a bigger place from here. And so she has her own dedicated space as well. Yeah. And she's going to say, cause she loves yeah the communal living. So. so in grand total, we have six people living in the house. Four of them interconnected with uh, with sex and romance. One being a fourteen year old girl, and the other one being uh, one of my best friends, my Brandy, who we talked about in our first meeting at our first interview, is the one living with us. The one that set us up. Yeah, it's David's best okay. friend that set us up. So, yeah, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Wait, quick, that's- quick timeline recap: so January we found the place, right? Yes, March. Three got, of us. The three of you guys moved in. Yeah. April, you got sick. <laughs> April, I got April sick. The beginning of April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mid April, you got unsick. <laughs> and they recovered. <laughs> and, then shortly, and then shortly after that, you and I re moved back in <laughs> to finish yeah. off April. And then May. Brady, May was just no, May. May was just May. May was just May. <laughs> May, was just May. <laughs> and then June. Brady, Brady got here joined. in June. Yeah. 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 And then. J- July, July was, or mid June, yeah, was mid-June, essentially jo- jo- uh, yeah. 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 June was Brandy yeah. and JoJo joining us. But ever since then, everything's been stable. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> so, like for the last two months. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the moral of the story is: if anybody needs a place to live, reach out. We'll put, no. we'll put them in touch with you guys, and you'll take them in. We're, we're all full up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now that we've got we've got the wait, I have a quick question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason, did yeah. you do you still have your condo or did you get rid of it? No, I still have my condo, and uh, one of my closest friends is renting it from me. Oh, perfect! Yeah. So that well, you can yeah. always go back there if you need to, but you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I worked out an agreement with them. I was like, so if this doesn't work out, my my couch is comfy. You can't lie to me about that. You're keeping it, so <laughs> there's always that. But awesome, yeah, great. Awesome. Okay. So we kind of have the foundation mm-hmm. laid mm-hmm. for this. So how, huh, I guess thinking <laughs> about doing this, what have been some of the challenges that you've come up against? Because I imagine it hasn't been perfect or maybe it has been. Um, nothing's maybe perfect. each of you, right. Nothing's perfect. I imagine maybe each of you speaking to like things that you found challenging and Maybe on the flip side, like what has been your favorite part about the experience of all living together? Um, I'll start. Uh, my favorite part is that we all live in together. Like right now, I'm an, I'm an extrovert. And so worldwide quarantine is one of my definitions of hell. <laughs> and thankfully, I get to spend it with 
people I love, people I get along with, people I'm, I'm happy with. Um, we have great food all the time. We're, uh, the chores are broken up really easily. Everything just kind of flows really well. We got really lucky. We caught every, we caught lightning in a bottle. The hardest thing for me is to understand that sometimes even I need to go, I need to take today for myself. I need to go into my room and watch a movie, read a book, play a video game. I need to shut my brain off and for just a few hours, pretend like no one else is here. Mm -hmm. um, that's the hardest struggle for me because I'm extroverted and I'm supposed to be keeping everybody happy and everything going. <laughs> and the camp uh, uh, morale counselor. Sometimes I need to go just break off. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for me has been logistical, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I go. So, you know, I lived by myself for almost a decade and then all of a sudden I'm in a house with, with five other people and two dogs and a cat. <laughs> so, you know, when we're pushing the, the cart around at, at Costco, sometimes my eyes bulge out of their sockets because I'm like, God, how much bacon do we need? How much, <laughs> how much bread, how many loaves of bread do we need? Cause like I, I had my system down. I was, I was, you know, pretty just like lean with my, with my, um, just my, my monthly spending and my weekly spending on, on groceries and supplies and stuff, because like I was the only person using these things. So I had a, a pretty good read on what I was going through quickly and what was lost in me a long time. So really just kind of having to adjust the mental scales of like, Oh, grocery is, uh, you know, this amount every week, every couple of weeks. And we need to load up a big cart full of stuff. So, you know, I think part of that is also just, you know, I'm originally from England and I'm not used, I'm still not used to seeing floor to ceiling, like aisles of stuff, you know, <laughs> the entire, the, the cereal canyon and the uh, <laughs> mayonnaise wall. Like, I'm not, I'm not used to these things still. So it's, it's kind of weird to shop that way, but it's also pretty fun. <laughs> um, so that, that was the challenge for me, I think. Um, the well, and COVID part, adds another, another level because you're stocking up for even more than right, you normally yeah, would. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, we only yeah. grocery shop um, every, every two weeks. Yeah. yeah, for six people. Right. Yeah. And I think... <laughs> That's got to be like a $2,000 bill. And I, you don't have to disclose the number, but it has got to be we're, we're significant. Not. No, no, it's surprising it's, not. It's really... Financially, I'd I, say it's worked out. In, in yeah, I think I spend less yeah. money now than when I lived alone. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because you know, you're, yeah. share, you're sharing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Financially. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah. is cheaper if you when you pull resources. Yeah. 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 And I For think sure. the fun part... Well, I mean, there, there are many fun parts. Like, I've... I, I see myself as having gained immensely from, from having made this pretty drastic lifestyle change. But one of the, f the most fun things for it for me is watching this, this group of people become a system together to tackle problems. And I feel like when I face a problem or when I see a problem, it's not just me facing it. I have, I have five other super smart brains, you know, the two dogs and the cat don't really contribute much, but I have five <laughs> other super smart brains to help me problem solve with stuff. And this can be, emotional it can be logistic it can be professional we all mm -hmm. i feel like we all bring our, our problems to be solved usually over dinner and we, tr we troubleshoot and we help each other out and we give each other perspectives like i've benefited immensely from the different perspectives of everybody in this house and the experiences that they've had and that they bring literally bring to the table so yeah i would say that's that's the most fun part and one of yeah awesome yeah i think for me um the best things is, is kind of like what David said is just like being with everybody. I, 
I lived alone for most of my 20s, except for when I was living with my ex. And that was about four and a, so half of my 20s. I lived alone. Um, never wanted to live with anybody ever again. And so to come from that and kind of shift into living with five people, it, it was really scary at first, but it's actually so much easier than I could have imagined. And it's also that we all want it to work out. So just seeing everybody else, um, everybody putting in effort to, to make sure that we fix, you know, argue or discuss arguments and just work together on stuff. I don't, I'm trying to figure out what the hardest part is for me. And maybe someone else has an idea. I, I'm, You've been real good about asking for time when you need it. Yeah. I, I sometimes I kind of re- realize a day too late when I need space. So I kind of have like a real explosive day. And then I'm like, oh, I need to just not be around people for a couple hours <laughs> and not hear anything. That, I guess, is, is probably the biggest struggle I've had. But for the most part, it's just wonderful. It's all great. And, you know, we've figured out a way to put all of our chores onto this app and we've kind of created a game out of it (laughs) and possibly the game maker wants to talk about it more. I don't know, but we, we just have like a list of chores and we just pick which one we're going to do. So we're not like assigning chores to people. There's not a chore wheel or anything. It's just, it's kind of like we're all, we're all adults. So we just see that a chore needs to get done and we do it. The trick is, you give each chore points. People <laughs> go crazy for points. <laughs> we use, I use Trello. I'm a big fan of Trello. Um, uh-huh. And so, yeah, I was able to configure Trello so that it's tracking points for us. And so we can see our point totals. And it, I, we don't have it's goals set up or anything. It's just you, you pick a chore and there's point, there's XP. We call it XP in this house. Yeah. <laughs> so you're grinding XP. We're grinding for XP. And so yeah. each chore has XP. You move it into doing. And then when it's done, you move it into done. And then it, it records it. And uh, everybody everybody celebrates. So like, hey, you got 25 XP. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, 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 started, it was just a quick experiment. I was like, I wonder if I could do this because I have, you know, five confined brains to experiment on here. <laughs> and we tried it and it's just really stuck. And now everybody in the house is on it. So even, even the 14 year old is like doing dishes for XP. I'm like, that's uh, yep. the biggest. That's awesome. And, and now we know the real reason Jason moved in was so he could like human experiments. <laughs> <laughs> we, we also, we tied in her allowance to the XP. Uh-huh. We monetized her. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she is motivated a little. Oh, is it my turn? Yes. Um, I, the best part, there's so many good parts. I feel like that we timing and the choices we made prior have just made us so incredibly fortunate for COVID because we aren't isolated. We have, yeah. we have each other. And I'm very grateful for that. And I love, I love having a crowded table. So getting to have, you know, we have dinner together less, less than five times. Have we not all had, even when it was the four of us, the five of us, and then the six of us, have we not all had dinner together? Yeah. Um, which is really wonderful to me and fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that just constant, Constant play. We play a lot. We play a lot of board games. We play a lot of video games. Yeah. We we just enjoy puzzles. Yep. We puzzle a lot. So Christy and I puzzle a lot. We're at it. David got me into D and D. I've never played D and D before. <laughs> um, 
and now I'm a furry. Slippery slope. Slippery cliff face. I fell right down into that one. So that's fun. I think, you know, challenging for me, it's been challenging, not bad challenging, but something that started, David and I started years ago is prioritizing uh, date nights with each other mm. before we were even open. And then I think that's something I've tried to carry. We always did it. And that's been challenging to, to carve out. It's been just had to be creative to carve out time um, that is focused time with just two people separate from the crowd. Um, For all your listeners, artsandculture.google.com. They have like 20,000 <laughs> museum tours online and you, they have like street Google street view. So it's like VR, you can go around and like take tours and stuff. That's, that's been really helpful. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So you can go on a, you go on a virtual tour for your date. Yeah, night. So we like grab a blanket and go out in the yard and get yeah. a bottle of wine and go tour the Van Gogh museum. And yeah. Or we go and we'll get on YouTube and look up what which one of our favorite artists has a full concert on YouTube. And so we'll, we'll go sit out and watch a, a concert outside out back. Yeah. So just ways to that. That's been challenging, but it's kind of just forced creativity. And yeah, so that's good. Yeah. 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 So I have a logistics question, I guess. Are all four of you working from home as well? Because that adds another level of like complexity if you're all living together and all trying to work from home. Right. Yeah. Two are now. Yeah. Two are, I okay. recently got a new job. So starting in July, I started actually going to an office and I'm very happy to be getting out of the house <laughs> after the four months prior to that. But it is a little stressful, you know, because our household, we try really hard to not have to go to the store Unless it's really necessary, we really have limited any kind of going out. So just going out every day to go to work just adds a layer to that. I work in a very small office. There's four people, including me. So it's it's very small and I have, you know, space from the others and we're all very careful and everything. So that's helpful. But yeah. So three of us, Rebecca, me and Christy, all work out of um, the house. Yeah. That it would be hard if everyone was working for home. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that, that we, we find it level. difficult and there's only two of us yeah, working sure. from home. Here. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a very different mindset. And it's been such an interesting six months, really, um, for me, because I've I've been a remote worker for since 2016. I, I've worked from home, whether, you know, in a cons- like as a consultant or I've worked for full time for software companies remotely as well. And uh, I think right before COVID hit, I was I was in the job market. I was looking around. I, I, you know, I was talking to employers, um, getting interviews, and I would say to them, "Hey, have you considered making this a remote position?" Because I, I decided I liked it so much that I wanted a full time another full time remote job. And the number of employees that looked at me like I had six heads, like remote. What do you mean? Like, no, your butt needs to be in seat by eight thirty, like so that Lumber, you know, can check that you're, you're filing yeah. EPS reports. Um, <laughs> And it's also very interesting the number of employees that turned around for another shot to talk to me after COVID hit, and they realized, oh shit, we need to we need to reconfigure this because this thing we're not sure if this thing is going to stick around or if it's going to pass by. So right. now we're actually inter- interested yeah. in that. Yeah, and you've got experience, right. and we know you know how to do it. Yeah, right. it's been very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I've had several people kind of come back and say, hey, yeah. So uh, and when I asked them, like, so have you reconsidered on remote? And they're like, we've 
our position has evolved. <laughs> I know that language. And, and so has my salary requirement. <laughs> it's been very interesting, these conversations. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've been fine working from home. Um, I've had to kind of carve out a bit of a smaller space and just get used to not having as much like dedicated, absolutely silent time. Because, you know, there's other people that using the house. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been it's been it's worked out just fine for me so far, right? So I was I was a little bit curious on, and I know you know maybe people haven't gone back and listened to David and Christie's episode or or Jason, your episode, but that you all practice a sort of non hierarchical polyamory. So everybody is somewhat of an equal within your household. Yes, but I was just curious on the. The decision to go from, you know, you're, you and David are married, Christy, um, and now it's we're married and all of a sudden we're adding a bunch of people to our living situation. For either of you guys, was that a, a difficult conversation or a, a hard shift or were you both just like, hey, we're doing it, no problem? Those kind of shifts for Christy and I have just been how our relationship has been. If you, um, let me the last interview it was that's all we talked about was the big shifts, the big jumps, the moving in together was one of the easiest ones because we had already gone through mo- the, the, our scale of needing to level up to, to an adjustment is pretty out of whack compared to most people. I think, and so it's been the moving in together for me was really easy. It was really simple. Even when it w- went from, okay, it's just going to be the three of us. We're getting a three bedroom. That'll work. Um, to, okay, now we're adding another person. Even that shift was simple. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it was a good litmus test to the work we'd already done because we had been pretty, we felt pretty strongly we were practicing non hierarchical. Polly, it was very important to us. Mm-hmm. We really tried to walk our talk. And I think to me, it felt like a good litmus test that we had been putting in that work. Because I think if we hadn't have been, when we all started living together, it would have been real evident, oh, real yeah. quick. But I didn't, it didn't feel any different, really, except now we just got to be together all the time. Yeah. That was, for me, it was like, it was, I was probably... You were getting your dream come true. I was getting my dream come true because I, I am actually really introverted, um, except for my very close circle of people. And with them, I really, I love time together. I probably have the least time apps actually completely to myself. And you anyone. want the least, I but, I want, choice, yeah. but I want the <laughs> least. So by choice, it's totally by choice. I could have more. So to me, it was really just kind of a dream come true to get us all under one roof. So I would say two, two things that have kind of stuck out to me as we've, as we've been kind of learning and adapting and kind of creating our, our system for, for how we live together. Two things have struck me. One is uh, uh, something that we, I think all of us, a value that we've all four of us have shared from the get go is that people should have a voice in the decisions that affect them directly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that naturally kind of counters any kind of hierarchy. Like I said, you know, Rebecca and I have been hooking up, but the decision to do that was Rebecca's and mine. Right. I didn't go to David and ask for permission. No, I didn't go to 
I didn't go to David and ask yeah, for she permission. Didn't go to David. <laughs> no. Just we, the two of us yeah. decided. Yeah. Um, but I think something, the other, the other thing that helps counterbalance that I think is, I feel like we've been creating a bit of a shared identity and we call ourselves the house of yes. And, um, we, I saw that on your on your Zoom yeah, though. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we frequently kind of just refer to ourselves as the house. You know, like what does the house think? Yeah. What, what what's best for the house? What, what how can we make the house better? Meaning the people in it as well as you know our living environment. Yeah. And so I I feel like those two things have helped not not quash, but it just makes hierarchy unnecessary. I think yeah. we, we make decisions faster and better as a house together. Right. And also recognizing that you know well. If you two want to do that, then that's your decision. Both of, as long as both of you want to do that and you're free, right. free adults. Yeah. And from my perspective, I feel like they, David and Christy had been practicing non-hierarchical poly for so, for so long that there wasn't really, it didn't feel like a change to me when I started living with them. Like the way that I was treated was always the exact same. Like there's never been a hierarchy issue that's come up that I can recall. Right. You know, I think that was maybe the flip side of that question was sort of the, for Jason and, and Rebecca, like you're coming now into a sort of, right. Somebody's home, somebody's they've established whether or not you practice hierarchy or not. You've, you have like, this is our household. Mm-hmm. And now you're like crashing into it and you're like, well, now we're all here. And that could be a very intimidating thing. Like you, I feel like, and then this is me projecting, right? But it's like you go to somebody's house to visit them. Right. And you're like, well, I don't want to look in your cupboards. I don't want to do, I don't want to touch anything. And, oh. and all of a sudden now you're moving into those people's house. And <laughs> so the shift from feeling like a guest to like, this is also my house. Right. Would be a difficult it's the little thing. things, right? Like when I moved my stuff in, like my, my furniture that I wanted to take out of my condo, when I moved that in, when I brought my books over, my DVDs, brought my xbox david's got an xbox too it pictures like we hung we, all of our pictures are just kind of hung up on the walls all together it's all mixed my furniture fits in the living room and like when we moved it all in we looked we stood back and we're like wow it all just looks like one piece you know either we have the yeah. same taste or we just kind of made it work david and i i feel like we're we're attached to the hip because we mixed xbox game collections like, that was, <laughs> <laughs> no, I they have their own relationship we they have their Laughed, that was that was a huge moment for me. I was like, I've never mingled my Xbox collection. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> You're like, That's no, amazing. but you got to try this one. <laughs> right, right. It became like you know curation services of like, oh, you got to try this game. I'll come play this co-op game with me. So it, it's all of the, those little things. I think are just kind of like they start as, as leaps of trust, but they made me feel like this is my home now. You know. Well, like we had talked a lot before we moved into the house like when we when we got the keys we came to the house and it was empty and we saged it and jason was there like we we included him in all of the things anyways and from the time we moved in to the time that david and i got sick to the time that christy and jason moved back in there was not a like the house hadn't really been lived in yet so like we were kind of starting with the blank canvas. So it was all four of our stuff that really came together at the same time. I think you could probably answer his question best when you think about when you moved into the condo. Yes. Yes. Because you didn't have your stuff yet. Yes. Not my condo. 
This is a different condo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> BDS resident. Christy and David's condo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, for me, it was... It, so the trial run was great for this because I found that the more that I touched in the house, the more it felt like my house. So for example, there was one day I decided to go through all the cupboards and like reorganize and purge and like just doing that little thing just made me feel more connected. And also I just, I had that little, you know, person in the back of my mind saying like, well, this isn't your place. But then I was just like, actually it is. And I just kind of busted through the door and just like, just tried to have that persona that it is my place. Cause it really was it, anything, any feeling that I had of like being uncertain about, can I have this drink that's in the fridge was all me. It wasn't, it wasn't David or Christy. It was like, you're welcome to anything that's here. So it was just pushing through that, that inner feeling of like, well, are they sure? Is it, is it okay if I drink right. this last beer? <laughs> but it's, it was always. And from the, mind. yeah. No, go ahead. And from the outside, I got to watch you both go through that from the outside. Cause I try to be very vocal and that this is your home. Mm-hmm. This is your home too. You need to make, bring your stuff. You need to nest yeah. and make it yours. Mm-hmm. It's ours. It's not, this isn't. So, but uh, watching you guys both like at first be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we both we both kind of did that. Right? Yeah, and I'm like, you were very not British a, about bringing. I was very British. About that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you gonna like bring stuff? I gave yeah. it, I gave it the you know the required few weeks of just you know tiptoeing around everybody else before I, I brought it in. But yeah, it, but again, it, for me, it comes back to the that that group that shared identity of we are a house together and. It, this might actually be a holdover of just my school. Like when I went to school in, in, in England, uh, you know, primary, middle and high school. And then I, I came to the States for college at certain points in my, my UK school career, I was a part of a house, like just like Harry Potter has Gryffindor and Slytherin. It's true. The English actually do this. <laughs> so, so I was part of a house and, you know, we used to compete in, in school sports tournaments. The houses would compete against each other. And I would be cheering on my housemates or, you know, if I had a talent in a specific thing, I would be competing on behalf of my house or representing my house in that event while my housemates were cheering me on. And so I don't know if that kind of laid the groundwork for it, but this is kind of how it feels for me is like when someone brings snacks, they bring snacks for the house. It's not like these are my snacks. Don't touch them. Like, I don't think there's really very many things at all. Bueno bars. But on, bueno bars, oh. we get fiercely territorial. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, does, does anybody have anything labeled in the fridge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, it's like, this is for the house. You know, all right. the groceries are for the house, the snacks yeah. are for the house. Like, it's all, it's for that shared identity, which is always in the back of our minds, or at least I yeah. feel like it's in the back of all mm-hmm. of our minds. And so yeah. we haven't encountered any of those kinds of this is mine, this is yours, this is your area, this is my area type of thing. It's all for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is super interesting, I think, for anybody who's lived with roommates or, you know, Emma and I both lived with, in groups of four or five people living in a house together in college. And, I mean, there was always fights about, like, who drank my milk, who ate my yeah. eggs, yeah. my name was on this, my name was on that. And it was, everything was a little bit territorial and that it sounds like you don't, it's just like once it's in the house, it's in the house. It's a tribe. 
Well, I, I think that the difference is, is that we're not roommates. Right. Yeah. Right. And we don't look at each other's roommates. We're all partners. We're all a family. And that makes it so, so like for me, it's if I'm going shopping, I'm going shopping for the family. I'm going shopping for the house. I'm going shopping for the tribe, whatever community word we want to use. Yeah. It's, um, what it, it has, it has meaning, right? Yeah. Like it gives yeah. that action meaning because you're not doing it for yourself and then yeah. turning around and defending the milk against everybody else in the <laughs> house. It's you're doing it for, I, I like the word tribe. We use family, we use group, we use house, you know, all of them interchangeably. But personally, I like tribe because I think it, it kind of speaks to something, a, a model of living that is actually much older than, than we've been taught is, is viable. Um, right. For anyone listening, the book Tribe by Sebastian Junger, you can read it in a single sitting and it's an incredible book, absolutely incredible book about um, the meaning of tribe, of the bonds between people who, who belong to a tribe. It's a, it's a really, really incredible book. Right. Awesome. Yeah, no, and I think that's a, a huge distinction, which is like, while I cared for my roommates and they were my friends, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, it's not the same. I, I went to the grocery store and spent the little bit of money I was making as a student to buy this thing, right, and now right. somebody ate it, versus yeah. like, we're doing this to take care of each other. It's a different right. different mentality. And, we and we're all contributing. Too, so. Yeah. yeah, the so pooling like, the resources makes that a lot easier. Because we all put in money to the grocery account and we all make the grocery list. So anything in particular that you want, you just put on the list. Yeah. Like it's, it's very, it's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. How about, uh, any, do any of you, I know COVID's a little different right now, (laughs) but like, do any of you have other partners? Is there anybody else (laughs) or is it just the four of you? (laughs) (laughs) No. Yes. So yes, we put or no with an N. <laughs> yes. yes and no, but yes, yes, no. Um, yes, but for sure. So, right before COVID hit, I had gone on a couple dates. Um, I had had started getting a, a very serious relationship going. Um, COVID happened. All the separation happened, and the the relationship I thought was going to be super serious died. The, the first date I had had, um, I'd gone on a date with, uh, this girl. We had gone out to a concert thinking about it now. It was probably one of the last concerts in San Diego County before <laughs> the, uh, lockdown happened. Yeah. And then me and her still chat. We still message, but we're not, we probably won't ever see each other in person until after there's a vaccine at this point. The great fucking. Yes, the great fucking, the great fucking, what you oh the anticipation. Do? Oh yeah. <laughs> so on that first date, things were great. Lots of amazing chemistry. We we're like, we're gonna make sure that we we ride this out a little bit. We won't. We'll we'll, we'll hold it out to head. We'll hold tonight to heavy makeout, and then we'll have another date, and then maybe no, that third date. And like we had it mapped out. <laughs> We had a movie date a couple weeks ago where we both set up Netflix and we texted while we watched The Secret Life of Pets 2. And at the end, it's a fantastic movie. Total, <laughs> um, total penny drop. <laughs> yes. Uh, and um, at the uh, afterwards, we were like, you know, 
the anticipation thing, I think, has gone just a little too far. <laughs> a bit much, a bit more than I asked for. <laughs> like six and, months, a little bit over the top. And the worst because case of, because of that, like we won't even, we won't try to schedule a socially distanced date. Like we won't go sit socially distanced at a park and have a socially distanced picnic because we're both very aware that we won't keep that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I, you and sure? Yeah, still have a girlfriend, um, but we don't see each other and it's just hard. It's just yeah. a distance. Distance is hard, especially on top of all of the other changes and things. It's, it's been definitely challenging. Yeah. I had a couple, a uh, couple video dates, maybe like three months ago, I think. With someone new, Metamono uh, Cupid, and uh, it's really, really, really hard to get mom- the momentum going of a, of a new relationship purely by Zoom or you know purely by Google Hangouts. Like it just, it it just doesn't get the same. It's almost like starting a flywheel, but this way it kind of just like turns a couple times, and it's like I don't think it's anyone's fault. It's just that. I don't think we were evolved to start relationships that way. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's a poor, poor substitute by far. And I think another one of the stumbling blocks there, which is why I couldn't imagine being single right now. I couldn't imagine being single and living by myself right now. And because uh, one of the stumbling blocks that I've found in general with just the constant low hum of stress that yeah. COVID has created everywhere that extra bit of resource it takes to just reach out and say hi to a friend it's tiring to somebody yeah. that you've been really close to right up until that happened is really hard yeah. it's hard to keep that going right now and i think one of the, the the blessing and curse of our living situation is if i don't i don't need to so for most of my other play partners and most of the people I saw casually, we I think I've I've said like five or six messages back and forth between all of them in like the past six months. And vice versa. They haven't been sending in much either because we've all just kind of closed in on the people mm-hmm. we house with, we nest with, yeah. we live with. Right. Right. So so maybe that leads into the question of let's say tomorrow we got news that COVID died off, you know, what changes with the four of you living together do does I guess maybe the more realistic question is like looking forward as though as the world opens back up that's a little more realistic (laughs) you you now potentially have the future new partners new things coming in and out and your clothes your closed system is no longer a closed system I honestly haven't even been thinking about it like hear me out so, because everyone's like, you're full of shit. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been thinking about it because honestly, I feel like all of my energy and focus has really been on how can we make our day-to-day better with the way that we're working with each other, with the way that we're treating each other, and, and how does it feel in this house today? Um, that's really kind of where I've been, I've been put, putting my energy and not really thinking about the future because, God, the future is so uncertain. And I, I feel like a, a lot of us bought into the idea, and I don't blame anybody for this, but a lot of us bought into the idea that, oh, this thing will like flare up in like 
March, April, May, and then it'll be gone by like June, July. And then lo and behold, it's not gone. Uh, and we're heading into the fall with flu season, all that kind of stuff. So the future is so uncertain. So for me, it's really just been make the day-to-day better. Don't worry about what the future, look, like what a particular future looks like. I trust these people that will talk about it and will deal with it yes. when or if it arrives. But right. for the time being, like, am I enjoying this? Am I enjoying the, the day-to-day life around here? Uh, I'm just choosing to kind of focus there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, and we've talked about it. Yeah. One of the trip, one of the hard things, I don't know if hard's the right word, but life isn't hard. Mm. Like when people ask, like, how are you holding up? How are you? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm great. Yeah. I'm thriving. <laughs> like I, there are things that I miss and there are people that I miss and it's not perfect, but in the big picture, I love my life. I love my life right now, today. I love this life. So I think that I haven't spent a lot of time worrying about what it's going to look like in the future because I, I trust the people that I'm doing life with. And I trust that, you know, we'll continue loving each other and talking to each other and change, change is inevitable. No matter what it looks like, change happens. Um, I think it's just the commitment to, to show up for each other and be each other's friends and we'll go from there. Like it, it doesn't have to be this looming worrisome thing. Mm -mm. It'll, you guys talk to me. No, not, not really. really. Well, not um, <laughs> me, me, me and Rebecca have talked about it. Me and Christy have talked about it in in the sense of uh, the girl I was just talking about, the one who I'm still messaging and stuff. Because there's, we've managed to keep chemistry through six months of pandemic. We're gonna go see each other, but outside of that, there hasn't been conversation because none of us are really looking there. Um, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I'm real curious to see what the first meetups and group events look like. I think it's, I think it is going to be the fucking I think it, we should just put. <laughs> We're ew, real serious ew, about ew, that term. Just, I'm pointing it. It's going to be a thing. Um, we should just put, you know, um, drop cloths everywhere and don't oh look God. at blue lights for, for black lights for a long time. Because it's just going to be oh, everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they thought GDP went down now, it would just, just wait. <laughs> Balls of kind. I think the logistical problem we would face is that, one, there's not a bed- bedroom for the four of us, like all four of us individually. Um, so, you know, obviously having dates back at our house is not really that could happen, but it's not probable in the current state. But that's the biggest issue that I can think of off the top of my head. Cause we're all, I I speak for everybody, but we're all used to seeing the other people dating. Right. So we're, it's not, we are a tight little unit, but we're not, we're, we're already aware of what it's like when people are dating. And we've never thought of ourselves as closed as a closed quad or closed anything in the sense that in in the sense of like polyfidelis where it's, we're the group and this is it. There's no one else. We've never thought of ourselves Uh -uh. like that. Yeah. Uh, We all assume that, you know, should dating occur again, that we'll be dating again. We think of ourselves as a closed unit when it comes to COVID. Right. Yeah. But outside of that. Right. 
yeah. right? Which maybe is the, if you, let's, you know, COVID drags on another year, do you end up in a seven bedroom house with <laughs> with 12 roommates and all of a sudden no, the, no. The, the room no. is growing? As it's the, pro- I, no, no, I don't think so because I, most people don't want to commit to, it's easy. I, from my perspective, it's easy to get two people to commit to the, these are the ground rules. This is what we think is safe. It's an ongoing discussion. You know, it's been easy for us to get four people on the same page and, and then six. Mm-hmm. But I think capital P people, as you add more, it's hard to get a consensus of this is what we think is safe. These Everyone has a voice. Let's all use our voice. Let's all agree because it very much is a round table this is what we've decided. These are the protocols we're sticking with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think a lot of people want to do that. Yeah. I think we also, uh, generally the four of us have a very high level of emotional intelligence, which is really crucial. Like when you were talking about, you know, your, your college house where you're with your friends and your roommates, like we, the difference is like the respect level, the wanting the house to be a, at a certain state, state, like we all spent two hours cleaning on Saturday all together at the exact same time. And we scheduled that because that's, we wanted the house to be clean, a deep clean, a deep yeah. clean. And so I think, you know, just finding another person or other people that are able to operate at that same level is just really difficult. I mean, I feel not impossible. I just think it's difficult. And the fact that the four of us have figured it out in the way that we have, and then being able to add, you know, Christy's sister and David's daughter is just like a blessing that, that it worked out so well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can definitely say you don't want to live with my college roommates. (laughs) (laughs) It's something I've, I've been thinking about is that we've, we've essentially created a mini culture here in this house. And like that culture hasn't really been communicated out to anybody else. So it would be, I, I agree. I, I don't think it would be impossible to add more people, but it, the, the learning curve became a bit steeper because we've had this time to kind of like, and granted I'm talking about like four months. So it's kind of crazy or five months. It's kind yeah. of crazy how quickly this can, this can form. But I think we've, we share values and we've established kind of a, a group identity here that, that is kind of its own culture. But the same thing is happening in lots of households across the country, around the world as well. Everybody, because we're not going to the common things where common culture is reinforced. Like we're not going out to bars and seeing other, the way other people dress and the way other people act or what music other people are listening to. Each house is like a lot. Each house, it's, it's almost like capital C culture has just dissolved into tiny little bubbles and everybody, every single bubble has its own take. Um, so I, I think, I guess that's one of the reasons why I haven't tried to put too much rigidity around my view of what the future looks right. like, because who the hell knows? You know, right. it, it, as many households as you've got, that's as many cultures as you would be smashing together again and expecting them to be able to understand and relate to each other. So, yeah, it, it just, it, uh, error 404, I don't, you know, fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say pretty soon you guys will have your own language. You won't even be speaking. <laughs> Did we talk about you? We have our own little shorthand. We've, like, we've got the hive mind. Yeah. We're, um, we've created our own little closed ecosystem. And I think 
every household right now has. Yeah. yeah. So you've created your little closed ecosystem. Even those uh, households that might be branching out a little bit, might be taking more risk, within their risk profile, they're still creating their own culture, yeah. their own little ecosystem. For me, during a, this pandemic, until this is done, I can't see getting to know somebody well enough even if I've been talking to them every single day to invite them into the house. Right. But, and then post, if I, if I, I can't picture what the future looks like, but to me, that's not a goal. It's possible. We might meet somebody. We might meet, uh, we might, and it could be a romantic person could be a non-romantic person. It's, there's no telling, but I think for somebody to come in, to what we have right now, I think would very much feel like what you were talking about, uh, the struggle of coming into somebody else's house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we are pretty rigid right now. We are pretty, which was why the relationship I was super excited about at the beginning, uh, right before COVID happened, faded away because the their culture and our culture just didn't match when it came how to address things with life right now. Um, COVID protocol. Yeah. Like other than everything else seemed like it, it was clicking. It was, there was a disagreement over COVID protocol and it was, it wasn't a case of like, you have to do what we say. It was just, this is where we are at. And this is the boundary that we're drawing. You make mm -hmm. your own choices. It's just, right. Basically. Yeah. Um, and that's correct. Correct. Me if I'm yeah. Well, that's basically it. And it, the, the, the overall decision with that specific relationship was, this isn't feasible to try to repair or to explore or to fix during a pandemic. We're just going to have to call it. And without an expectation of jumping back together when the pandemic's over, but also without any sort of exclusion either. Like right. that's not a yes, it's going to happen or no, it's going to happen. It's a who the fuck knows. Cause right. who knows? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and maybe it's kind of the same question, but right. Part of you moving in Jason was I either don't get to see these people or I move in. And that wasn't, it wasn't necessarily quite there, but yeah. do you see all of you staying in this type of model once you're not, you know, quote unquote forced to do yeah, it? I oh, do. absolutely. I do. Yeah. No doubt. And it's, it's crazy for me to even hear myself saying that given where I was just a year ago. Um, not even a year ago, like seven months. January. Seven months. <laughs> January. In January, I wasn't even here. So yeah, it's been twenty twenty's been been a heck of a year. <laughs> right. Well, and, and now and now <laughs> I say now you and David are fluid bonded with your Xbox games. So. <laughs> you <shed> vaginas. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of the house joke. It's like, you know, you guys do share vaginas. Like, it's, <laughs> Christy and I share a penis. We share uh, a penis. Like, there's. Sis. Yeah, yeah. Sis now. Right, yeah. I'll just up update my LinkedIn profile. It's, um, <laughs> <laughs> you should do that on Fat Life. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on what type of job it is. <laughs> I have well, a, this, I have one more question. Well, maybe you uh, might have. Go ahead, go ahead, David. This, what, you say? This, what you see, the the the, the laughter, the banter, yeah. there is how we stay sane. It's what we've been doing for the past six months. Uh, games, games, super, super, super help, super help. 
just like I was saying, you get to know people over over a meal. You really get to know people over a strategy game, <laughs> you know, whether you're playing against them or with them. Like there's collaborative games out there too. Just when you when you play games with people, you really get to know them from a different perspective. It's, sorry, I, yeah, I, the board I, game I, pandemic I, takes on a whole other meaning right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you had another question. So. Have you, I guess, what has been the reaction of other people in your lives? So like maybe other families, friends, has there been much of a reaction or has it been, oh, like you guys are just doing this and that's cool? I'm just curious. Uh, well, for my parents, um, they, uh, I mean, they've met, they've met these guys. We, we did a, did a few Zoom calls and they'd met my previous partners as well when I was kind of the, the middle of a, a V. So they, they knew I was poly before and they've met my partners before. It was a little, still a little bit different and being like, Hey, here's the gang. And, <laughs> and then, Oh, Hey, we're adding people. <laughs> oh, oh, we're adding another person. Like my parents are like, Oh my God, what is happening? Like how close are they to Waco? <laughs> we will never be Waco because we'll always pay our taxes and never have illegal guns. There are no illegal firearms in this household. <laughs> There's no firearms in this household. Also, this is always the joke. <laughs> We pay our taxes. <laughs> you know, you know, NSA, FBI, Chinese listening to our phones. It's also like, why I don't <laughs> talk about adding people to the group because then I really start sounding like I'm recruiting. <laughs> I'm like talking about all the great things we offer, the community, the sense of belonging. Okay. You're getting weird. <laughs> Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> yeah, what was the question? Reactions, reactions. Oh, oh. <laughs> to be honest, like, I, it's pretty polarizing. You know, close friends who know me, super happy and just fascinated. But most people are just like, oh, weird. You have a group living situation? Oh, weird. I don't get that. And I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot conversational pole. So, <laughs> so like, nice. <laughs> um, you know, as I talked about on Monday, my family's reaction has not been what I hoped for, but they're kind of, you know, slowly warming up to the idea of things. I don't think for most of my family, there was a difference between me just dating David and living with everybody. I remember the day that I put a notice at my apartment though. The next thing I did was go over to my sister's and I was like, Oh, I just put in my notice. And the first thing that she said was that makes me really nervous for you. So it wasn't like, congratulations, you're going to live with your boyfriend and Christy and, and have like a family together. And it was just straight to the concern. Um, so, but you know, I, at, in January, I had already, I was already aware of how hurt she felt about things. So it didn't really, it didn't really affect me at all in that kind of way. It was just frustrating that. Yeah. It's different, so people don't get it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah for sure. It's not. It's different, but it's not new. Like this is the way uh, you know we're, the way that we've structured ourselves and the way that we interact and have set stuff up. I think echoes a much much older model of how people used to used to cohabitate. And I, when mm-hmm. I say older, I mean like we're talking pre agriculture, like way way back. You know, ever since agriculture, it's always been you know property and ownership and only the genetically related siblings or or people would live under a household. Um, But prior to that, it was tribes and tribes weren't always 
genetically related to each other. And, you know, we could go off in a whole direction about, you know, matriarchy versus patriarchy and dominator versus partnership models. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of history there, but I found it so interesting to just find the, the way that this has naturally come together and how, not to downplay the amount of work, but it's felt easy for me. Yeah, me too. And it's yeah. felt, it feels natural and it feels stable to me, and I feel safe. And me I think too. that those are things that everybody could use right now, not to advocate for it as the ideal model. But I think this is where I found those things for myself. I think it's hard because people automatically, not even consciously at all, but they project their fears or their insecurities or what they would be afraid of in this situation onto you. And so oh, definitely. It, you automatically get the, but don't, but don't, aren't you? And what I about? And it's, and it's like, yeah, no, I, this, this is, you know, these are my friends. This, these are my teammates. No, I, I don't feel jealous of Rebecca. I don't, we're, we're teammates. We work yeah. with each other and for each other. Right. So it's, it's, it's hard when you talk to people and they don't, if they've not done all of that work and that journey for themselves, there's very few people who immediately are just like, Oh, that makes total sense. I can see how that would be awesome. Right. Because they don't know, like they don't see all of that's went in to get to the point where it's awesome. Yeah. And and this transition to where we are now has been easy, but that's because we were lucky enough to find a group of four people who had for the past years been doing a lot of hard work for yeah, different reasons. Work. For different, yeah, right. Um, Rebecca had been doing a lot of hard work before I ever met her. Me and Christy have been doing a lot of hard work since the start of our relationship. Jason has been doing a lot of hard work together separately. Yeah, for, for a long time. So when we got together, the reason I said it was lightning in a bottle is because we were four people already on the same level. Yeah. And where that level lands is less important than the fact that you're all on the same level yeah. and all working to right. go at the same, uh, go, go in the same direction. It's the shared, yeah, it's the shared identity and the shared vision, I think, makes everything align or it helps everything to align because you realize that, man, I'm pulling for this and I know that they've got my back on this as well. Yeah, it's it's been so interesting. So, like, small example is uh, I love Krav Maga. I've been learning it for a few years now. And David turns to me one day and he's like, Hey man, you want to go work the pads a little bit? And so like I started teaching David Krav Maga and then he and I have both started teaching Joel. his daughter, uh, Krav Maga as well. Cause like both of us want her to feel confident and safe when she's out and about and you know, it's good fitness and it's fun. And also we get a workout out of it too. So like the three of us just go out back and we, we train together. And it's, that to me is, is it's just a small example of like shared vision. Like, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I never feel closer to David than when, you know, we're doing that kind of stuff. It's because I, I regard him as like my brother uh, in right. that respect. Yeah. And I mean, you know, somebody's close I, if they're willing to hold a pad for a series of groin kicks. Right. Any, <laughs> and it, yes. We have a kick pad. We have a kick in the cups. We use <laughs> Anybody who knows Krav Maga knows that it's the, the main pillar is groin kick. Right, right. Yeah. So. Groin, throat, eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's amazing, like hearing how all of you have come together and, you know, welcomed each other and then welcomed 
the, you know, the surprise additions to the family. And I think it's awesome. And I guess, is there anything, I mean, maybe is there anything, Emma, that you haven't asked or anything that we haven't asked of you that you wanted to make sure that the world knew about this dynamic? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we could talk for hours, but for the sake of time, I will. Yes. And and any of you have any final thoughts? Um, The only thing that comes to me is that it's more a process of letting go than it is like pulling up or like trying to acquire skills. It's letting go of, of um, notions that when you like pick at them and tease them apart, you realize, wow, like I do that just because my parents told me that this was bad. Or I do that because I'm, I would be ashamed of what people, what these people thought of me. If I, if I explored this, like a lot of this process has just been letting go. And I think when I say that it felt easy for me, it's not, it's not bragging. It's because it's felt like I was climbing up the stairs with a heavy sack on my back. And gradually I've just been like taking things out of the sack and like letting them go. And all of a sudden, Oh, it's easier to climb the stairs now. But that's the way it's felt for me is it's been a process of letting go than it has been a process of taking on board burdens. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, yeah, well, letting go fits because I actually am the most surprised that we're all living together. I think because uh, Jason, I took a trip uh, together back in November um, and we were on that trip trip is when I actually I asked him if he would like to live with all of us. And, you know, he said, no, he wanted to live alone. That's what he preferred. He did not want to cohabitate. That was the hardest no I think I, I ever had to and say. And so I released it because I wanted him to feel loved for who he was and not like he had to be anything or fit into anything for me to love him. And so I really did work hard just to release that because, you know, his, I, could, I couldn't see how, we were going to, my, I really wanted to do life uh, with him. That's, that's been a big thing is that I think that when you do life with someone, you build a different relationship. It's those everyday, countless, casual intimacies that you build that just builds a different relationship. And I really wanted to experience that with him. And I couldn't see how that would happen if we weren't living together in some sense, but he was like, you know, that's not for me, but we will figure out. I, I promise. I don't know what it is, but we will figure out a way. Well, I think and, you, you said to me, you want to make home with, I me. want to make home with you. And I think the way I responded to that was, I, I don't want to live with you, but let's start looking at other ways that we can make that feeling of home together. Because I, I believed in the same thing. It was that shared vision of, I don't know what exactly home is, but let's start exploring it and trying things that can, can engender that feeling of, of casual intimacy. And so it just kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, you know, we all ended up together is, is I think something I desired so strongly. And I really, I really um, love communal living and I love, I, I really feel the less hand, more hands, less work. And just, I like this kind of living. Mm-hmm. I, I love building a home and, and, filling it with the people that I love and promoting everyone's best selves and happiness. So it's, it's not always, it's not always easy because you know, we do have conflict and we do have conflict just individuals between, and that's Mm -hmm. just requires an even greater jump of vulnerability to tell the other people in the house, Hey, 
David and I are bickering and we're mm-hmm. sorry. I know it's really uncomfortable because you guys can certainly tell that something's <laughs> happening. We just don't want to drag you into it because it's not, it's stupid and it's just about me and him and we're working on it and we apologize for the discomfort. Like, do you guys feel like when that deep or have you felt when that's happened that you, the rest of the group is kind of pushing you together or, or supporting you guys? Through no, it? just holding space for us. Just, like, just yeah. waiting. Just waiting for space. knowing that we'll work it out. Yeah. So what I would say to anybody who wanted to try living together with a group of people, whether it's romantic, sexual or not, would be kind of the same advice I have for everybody. First, let go of your preconceived notions. The first thing you need to know is that logistics speaking, when it comes to money, when it comes to grocery shopping, when it comes to all those things, when it comes to raising kids, communal living makes all of that easier. Because you have more help. 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 Yes. Um, just make sure that you talk about it. Make sure you, you make sure that you are clearly communicating the expectations of the household. Make sure that you still practice assuming good intent and make sure you practice honing a sense of um, uncertainty because you're still going to run into all of those problems where that one person did that thing that really fucking annoyed you. And you know they did it on purpose, but they really didn't do it on purpose. So you have to go, that's not what they were doing. And I'm not sure why they did it that way, but it's okay. And I know I'm not right in this situation. And then you have the feelings, you let them pass, and then you have the conversation. Um, But it can be really amazing. It's not going to be what you map out. It's not going to be exactly what you picture. But when you let go, when you release, when and then you talk and you communicate, you come up with something that's so much better than you expected. Yeah. And I think one of the things I want to just... We want to all be together. We want to all live with each other. We want to do things with each other. So COVID or not this is what our, our wants were. We were all on the same page with wanting it. So it, it makes it easier. It makes the cleaning the house easier. It makes doing the dishes easier because we're all here because we all want to be here. And, you know, I think I just remembered this, like going back to the struggles, like one thing that, that is a blessing, but it's also really difficult is like, if you're having a bad day or you feel if you're just having struggles, it's nice to remember that the rest of the people in the house are right there with you and you have your team, you know, like we're not against each other. We're, we're for each other. So it's, it's just really nice to have that community because, you know, out in the world, it's so different, but we know that in this house, we are all here for each other. And if anybody's having problems or needs something, like all of us will gladly assist. So that's just something that's just wonderful with the dynamic that we have. And we all chose this. And yeah, no one was forced into it. No one was backed into a corner. No one, no, there was no plural relationship at the end of a ultimatum or a gun. We all, we all chose openly this life together. Yeah. And I think that when, when you come at it from that angle and there is no pressure to do it, there is no force doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not done out of any 
we have to do this. Yeah. It just makes it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a choice. Yeah. And so we just choose each other every day. Yep. It's, it's interesting to me how there's a lot of things in, in the way that Western society is kind of set up that emphasizes um, separation and isolation of individuals from each other. You know, like we each have our own cars on the road. We don't take a ride with, like, remember before Uber, like the parents advice was don't get in in a car with strangers. And nowadays we pull up our phone and like (laughs) hop in a car with a stranger to take us where we need to go. Like a lot is set up in our world where we're almost isolated from each other. Like, you know, genetically related families are supposed to live in houses, not, you know, somebody from the outside or not some kind of group living situation. That's weird. We have front lawns that like push us away from the street. So, cause God forbid we, you know, end up talking with somebody that's walking by. It's like, there's so many ways in which we're isolated from each other. And I think that's where I kind of, kind of come at it from this idea of letting go. It's letting go of the stuff that we've been conditioned to accept as normal. Um, yeah. and just evaluating it on, on its, on its purely on its, its merits and what it's doing for you. If it feels better this way, then it might be a better fit for you. Yeah. Also, it's fantastic when you get five adults together who all cook and all cook well. Oh, man. We eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the COVID yeah. 119. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, thank you so much. Yeah, no, uh, it was for, amazing. for sharing. I mean, you're all so wise, and everything you say <laughs> is very thought out and yeah i know everyone's so well spoken too i just it's yeah it's incredible and it was a delight to talk with all of you yeah thank same. you thank you guys yeah. for setting up this setting up this platform yeah, we love chatting with you. it's yeah. important to get these these pictures out here out there so. you know what are other people doing you know not even is it right or wrong or is it right or wrong for me it's just what are the possibilities? And I think you guys have captured, you got the encyclopedia going. So this is yeah. still the only <laughs> podcast. I have the attention span to listen all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, we're <laughs> the podcast all the way through. Can't listen to a single other one. I've tried. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's, that's a, impressive. Yeah. That's a pretty big compliment. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, thank you. And I mean, again, thank you to all of you and hopefully we can, you know, do a follow up in a year and, you know, we'll all we'll have people sending their predictions of how big the house will be, and and we'll do like a we'll do like a pool. <laughs> so, and hopefully um, we can do it around a big pitcher of sangria. Yes, please. Yes, that sounds fantastic. That sounds amazing. Let's make that happen. So, <sighs> yes. people wear your masks so we can make that happen. Yes, right? please. <laughs> and like like we always say, you know, the show doesn't happen without all of you. Of course, now you've uh, cumulatively had four episodes between all of you, so that's pretty awesome. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have a wonderful evening, and uh, we'll be in touch. Yes. Yes. Good. Bye. 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 And we're back. I think we're going to add a few people to our apartment. (laughs) <laughs> we have room for at least five more wow um we live in a really small space so i don't know about that but, yeah, but think- it would be cozy and we all work from home that would be tough but it would be fun yeah think- it'd be super fun all the games we could play yeah all the chores we could do <laughs> thank you fun, fun to be had thank you again all of you for joining us and for sharing your story and being such positive uh uplifting and 
having a great outlook on everything. It was it was refreshing in a time where I think some people are losing hope. Not me personally, but <laughs> maybe me personally. Yeah. <laughs> we got to try to stay positive. <laughs> well, yes. Thank you so much to all of you. And if you miss any of their other episodes, again, links to everything are going to be in the show notes. So go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the podcast button to see show notes. You can also click on the links for All Playground to help us tell them thank you for sponsoring the show. Go check them out. Yeah. Super diverse, super inclusive, and super badass so please help support us by supporting them yeah and support yourself by meeting other awesome supportive people (laughs) even virtually for now even virtually and next week we have an episode believe it or not that we didn't write down we didn't write it down but i remember what it is (laughs) do you want to do you want to guess no i gotta think about it for a second Nikki? Yes. Nikki. Nikki. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say one other person that's coming up in two weeks, but nope. not that person. Nope. No spoilers. So, yeah, next week we have an episode with Nikki. Again, fantastic episode. Bring in the... Bringing the demographic of guests, the age down. Yeah, yeah. She's in her early 20s and talks to us about her amazing story. Yeah. So we're super excited to share that with you. And we're super excited to see you at the meet and greet on September 19th. Be there or... Be sad, really. I was going to say be square. (laughs) Be sad. They'll be sad if they're not there. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, everyone. We will see you in a week. 